Three, two, one, and welcome back to the Peak PCT Studio podcast. Uh, joined here a bit like a parish meeting at the moment. We're all sat around in the studio with a coffee uh, with Josh Jorieff and David Charlton. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> Not bad, mate. How are you? Very good, very good. Well, good, thanks. Testing, testing. <laughs> good weekends? Mm, yeah, yeah, good weekend, thanks. <laughs> David, let's go through yours. <laughs> um... <coughs> It, of course, at the moment involved house stuff, so we're currently doing work on the house. This one's doing one of the rooms, so integrating a wardrobe in and painting it, and it also involved a Domino's, which turned into a three for two, which technically we got buy one, get one free initially, so it was three for one. So yes, I've had a lot of Domino's. Thank you, Domino's, for not putting <laughs> enough cheese on Saoirse's pizza. And she's the type of person to complain. Domino- I'm just eating it. Domino's sponsoring the house move at the moment. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Pop John sponsored mine. It's a good way for a weekend, because then you roll into Monday thinking, do you know what I want this week? Vegetables. Yeah. Do you have to get a, uh, like a Domino's sign outside? A bit like a sales <laughs> sign, but Domino's. Sponsored by. This sponsored by. Not really. Like how you can sponsor a roundabout and sponsor your house. <laughs> I'll, put a picture up. I'll put a picture up. This wardrobe is brought to you by. <laughs> so full weekend of non-fitness related. Yes. Excellent. I think it's the first time ever I've had Domino's for dinner two nights in a row. Normally one is enough. Since you're yeah. a student? No, even then. Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then it would have just been dinner and breakfast leftovers rather than dinner and dinner. Nice. Talk about leftovers. Do you have morning after? If you have leftover pizza, do you warm it up or have it cold? Warm it up. Yeah. But then it gets don't real mind. crispy and then it takes the roof of my mouth apart. I like cold. Very rarely have leftovers, I'm not yeah. going to lie. But then, yeah, I don't mind either. Mm. Cold or, uh, yeah, probably cold. Yeah. I don't think I could handle two and a quarter pizzas in one evening. Win. I'm at you. It's not winning you any yeah. competitions. <laughs> <laughs> How about your weekend, Josh? I win here. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine's fine. Mine is, well, mine was... No housework or no DIY, thank God. The Gorilla Glue was not picked up. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, got a haircut. Jake, my son, is growing really? his hair out. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's growing his hair out. He wants to have it down to, he, he wants to have his hair down to his shoulders, ready for the season of surfing in summer, which is, which is bold. Fit in. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got the blonde hair, so it works. It will work. Um, yeah, haircut, dragged the kids out for a run yesterday morning, which was fun. Nine o'clock Sunday morning. That's good fun. Don't even wear them out. <clears throat> yeah, Domino's try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're running to Whiteley to get Domino's. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How about yours? Um, all good, normal, bit work on Saturday morning. Bit of cycling, on, bit of cycling, <laughs> bit of swimming, bit of running. Yeah, pretty much the same every weekend. Out on the South Downs yesterday was pretty stunning. Weather's pretty good. Um, bit of OM training for a few weeks' time, which was good fun. And then, yeah, there's loads of people out walking, so it's pretty cool. 
Smith. Oh, good. Om. 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 Uh, original mountain marathon. So it's like a two-day running, camping, navigating event in Langdale in the Lake District, which is in two weeks, three weeks. It's North Winchester. I don't know. Where yeah, doing the marathon for the Scouts. Just, just out, scouts. yeah, just, just outside <laughs> <Queen Lake>. London. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine him running with his Scouts. Yeah, I didn't at school. We had, I think, we had one kid in the Scouts. So this, yeah, it's like Northern Scouts. When I ran up Butser Hill, there was some Scouts up there. So yeah, I guess it's like Northern Scouts running in the Lake District. Yeah, <laughs> rather than out the top of Butser Hill. <laughs> Are we in the wilderness? The motorway is just over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah all good so topic for this week uh, comes from us from David we're sort of in defining fitness success and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, specifically ourselves and then client success stories over the years and a few different examples of those um, before that we're talking a little bit about myth busting and local myth busting expert Josh it's Jeff Jurieff uh, has come up with one for us this week. Have I? Yeah, this week on the Mythbusters, we are talking about eating after a certain period of time at night and if that makes you fat or not. So we've had it. Oh no. Dun, 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 dun. We need a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've had over the years uh, people come to us saying if they eat after 6 or 7 pm, uh, that it will. Instantly, the, the food they eat will be instantly be turned into fat and make them overweight and not help them on along their fitness journey, which is absolute tosh, isn't it, Rich? It is indeed. I think we were chatting about this just before, and still with people training late in the evenings, you know, we have sessions finishing at nine o'clock, um, and it's one of those like myths that's been around for years. So I think for us, being in fitness, we don't necessarily pay much attention to it and think, oh, it's gone by the wayside now. But actually talking to quite a few people, they still mention, oh, I finished my training at eight, nine o'clock, so I don't really eat or I can't really eat or it's an issue that I have to eat dinner late because I finished training late. Um, in reality, yeah, overall calories through the day and through the week are what's going to make the difference. Mm. I think it kind of, if, if you look around and if you search ar around, there's so many... Um, randomly selected times and even food groups of you can't eat past six, you can't eat past seven, oh no, you can't be, eat past eight, no carbs after eight, no fat after seven, or don't eat a heavy carb meal because it helps you sleep, do eat a heavy carb meal because it helps you sleep, all of that kind of stuff, that they kind of cancel each other out. Um, I think if you're just looking at it objectively, the fact that there's so many times are listed um, should make you question it a little bit. Um, I'm not even too sure where it came from in the first place. I guess the theory being that you eat and then you sleep, so you're doing nothing so that the food sits on you. Mm. Your metabolism doesn't just switch off because you're asleep. We might turn off for the evening, but your body's still doing stuff, ticking itself over. So, yeah, it's essentially no eating late at night isn't going to cause you issues or cause you to gain weight. Um, yeah. Anything to add? Uh, again, if people are training late, it's probably a good idea to get some form of nutrients in afterwards, just because, like Rich said, your body keeps ticking over, so it's going to do stuff, magical stuff, with those nutrients 
during the evening so it's just an efficient way of of giving your body what it needs to then recover and repair and adapt to your training and then don't have cheese because it'll give you nightmares mm. yeah and farts next <laughs> next week Smithbusters some of us, some of us. <laughs> I think even, what type of cheese gives you nightmares even then like you say the sleep's probably the well it is the time where we're recovering the most so giving yourself a decent hit of nutrients before you go to bed and before you enter that stage of your body recovering from whatever you've done during that day or week whatever it might be so having some good protein some good carbs and stuff in there to aid that process seems mm. pretty logical um so yeah i think essentially even if you're training late at night don't stress about eating eat normally as you would if it however it fits in with your day some people eat dinner a lot earlier they might eat before they train and then just getting a protein shake or yogurt or whatever it might be in later in the evening um but yeah i think like david says getting some nutrients in there towards the end of the day is definitely beneficial for that recovery process it's all just tinkering yeah. sort of understanding you need to get the nutrients in whether you get them in a bigger meal before then you've still got it digesting yep. Yep. and you train yeah, and then it will still be there afterwards but again it's just individual needs of what makes you feel best to to carry on it's just tinkering and finding what individually works for you yeah absolutely i think that's when people say about eating before training as well some people can eat and train five minutes later some people will need two hours to digest food or they feel a bit bloated or feel a bit sick and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm one of those. So yeah, it's pretty individual. Can't eat before training. No, the most I can have is a banana. Really? Yeah. I'm fine say. in the morning, but anything else, like hour max. Mm. Yeah. Some people find it better having something. Some people, quite mm. a few people, especially in the morning, prefer fasted training. Mm. Not because of the magical myths of fasting, but just because it's more comfortable to not have anything sitting in your stomach. Yeah. I think early morning is early morning as well it's like less to think about. If you're up early and you're training for 6am like not having to think about eating breakfast is mm. can be pretty beneficial gets you out the door a bit quicker. Extra 5 minutes in bed mm. rather than prepping breakfast can be helpful. Yeah. Cool. Thanks Jeff. But yes, eating after a certain time doesn't magically turn stuff to fat. <laughs> In conclusion. conclusion. (laughs) Right, let's get on to our main topic of the week. So defining fitness success. This came from uh, David. Wanted to talk about how we define fitness success um, and what we look at specifically with our clients, how much it can vary, basically. Um, So yeah, mate, take it away. (laughs) You introduced the topic. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so just it's always good to have an idea of, of end result, output, but then that can always change. So I would say it's more looking at time, current circumstances. It doesn't have to be one thing forever. Most people tend to change their fitness goals and therefore what their sort of success story is. Um, but I think it's always good to have one eye on the big picture. Um, and that usually looks at stages throughout life, especially older age, and fitness has been shown to really help maintain a good quality of life as you get older. So it's not just Instagram abs, 
it's it's everything in between aging well to summer holidays and that can vary greatly whereas success is sort of how it fits into your whole life rather than fitness as a separate entity from your life it's then how success in fitness complements your life rather than separating the two and thinking that getting achieving something in fitness will automatically improve life it's keeping an eye on both at the same time and especially for us as trainers we have to work with individuals and get to know them as a person rather than oh this is what I learned at the Arsenal training school just do this and you'll be fine working with humans it never actually turns out that way yeah so I think like you say about defining from an early stage for an individual what their fitness success is there's I think he was talking about happiness but there's Mo Gordat um, has written a book on happiness and he talked about the split between or happiness basically being the difference between expectation and reality and you get quite a lot of that in fitness I think like you say if you know you're you see more see or deem fitness success as having a six-pack and then you don't reach that goal or you get to that goal and suddenly you're like oh everything's exactly the same but I have a six-pack and, and you haven't eating the food yeah <laughs> and you haven't addressed actually any of the you know you haven't improved your lifestyle or your life outside of getting a six-pack in the gym um it can be quite disheartening so actually defining what fitness means to you how it benefits life outside of um your work and what you're doing outside of your gym sorry and what you're doing um is really important i normally have sort of found that most fitness goals can sort of fall into three categories so like rich said happiness is one of them uh i'd say health is another and then also high performance so sort of health i normally think of as anything that improves quality of life so if someone's doing fitness to improve their health it's not just improving blood markers or improving their cardiovascular system it's sort of how it improves their life and then that depends on what happens in someone's life so especially someone with kids might need to have a bit more resilience to movement in weird and wonderful positions because playing with the kids is weird and wonderful <laughs> in, a non -creepy, in a non-creepy way let me just, uh, <laughs> clarify that comment uh, but yeah so the quality of your life and then again it's sort of looking at the individual and then how fitness can be manipulated to help improve someone's quality of life, whether that's knee pain going upstairs, whether that's improving their resilience whilst running mm. because they get a little niggle whilst running, whatever it is. Um, and then as Rich said, going on to happiness, I sort of think of it as, as quality of mind. So someone might want six-pack abs but then they get there and then they're like, oh, I am actually no happier. It's yeah. just one of those things that they think will improve the quality of their mind and sort of how they think about themselves. Whereas then it's tough, but it's sort of understanding what you want. And I think it's sort of a blend of health and high performance. Mm. It's sort of achieving something, even if it's sort of a, an event, 
technically it won't have any impact on your quality of life, but it will have an impact on your quality of mind, how you sort of think about yourself, whether you think of yourself as a sort of fit and able-bodied person to, to go out and challenge yourself physically. And then high performance is the third of just the results. So whether it's a, a marathon, a triathlon, Kilimanjaro, it's something objective where you actually need objective levels of resilience and fitness to be able to, to do a task. It's nothing perceptive. It's have you done the work to achieve a desired outcome? I think it's quite important across the board, like you say about um, those varying goals. And it's a little bit like when you listen to a podcast or listen to someone that's a millionaire and they're telling you that, oh yeah, having a million pounds isn't all that, isn't all it's cracked up to be. And I think similarly with fitness that um each of those results and each of those goals achieved feel pretty much the same um and in some regards some of the what people might see as kind of lower end fitness goals i guess from a performance standpoint or um like an objective numbers standpoint <clears throat> might be the most significant to someone so someone that comes in to see us and is carrying a lot of extra body fat from where they might want to be um can't walk up and down the stairs struggle getting up and down out of a chair actually getting the mobility and strength to get up and down out of a chair or play with their kids at the weekend kind of pain free and without getting too hard out of breath could be a seem a bigger win than to them as an individual than someone finishing a marathon or climbing Kilimanjaro or what counts. yeah or whatever it might be and actually that when you pick that goal like you say it doesn't have to be lofty and it doesn't necessarily have to be performance or aesthetic based because a lot of them will feel I mean pretty much all feel the same um, I think we were talking about it the other day with like racing and things like that however you finish it whether it's your first one or your hundredth one they pretty much all feel the same um, and that success is like very relative to you and not to anyone else well like you say with expectation and reality if someone <clears throat> does a race and they're predicted to come first but they come third out of I don't know let's just say 10,000 people mm. they might still be upset mm. so again it's that expectation and reality whereas someone might have been predicted to have come 10,000th but they come 9,000th and they're happier than the person who's come third. So it's all that perceptive base of what you think you sort of can do and, and again, that expectation and reality. And I know it's very easy to sort of say, oh, just know what you want, but even that is hard in itself, especially because of social media, especially in fitness with things being shoved down your throat of apps will make you happier. Mm. Losing weight will make you happier. It's all those things might. It might. It's not to take away from, from achieving those things. It's just understanding whether, they truly are, going to either improve your health and therefore quality of life or, happiness and the quality of your mind. They did a. There's a study or a questionnaire they did with a lot of. I can't remember if it was a world champs or an Olympics, and quizzed people after winning medals at the Olympics and perceived happiness and success post the games 
was higher in those winning bronze medals than winning gold medals because a lot of the time people that win gold medals at those events like David said are expected to win gold medals and often it's relief is the feeling of winning um someone like Usain Bolt who's expected to win every time he goes on the track it's a relief when he wins more than anything whereas someone winning a bronze medal has you know got their way onto the podium they might not have necessarily been expected to win anything they could have been third or they could have been eighth so going home with a medal or something has actually given them a higher level of fulfillment and success than someone winning a gold it's interesting like where does it start from because Tilly and Jake had a cross-country race on Friday and there was two nearly 200 kids Tilly came 15th of all of it and she was stoked and then wow. Jake for his first ever race came 133rd and he was really upset so just trying to think about for them where did they learn that oh I'm really disappointed in myself you know where, where did that come from is that just ingrained is that just human I can, nature I can imagine a lot of it not to blame everything on social media <laughs> but I can imagine a lot of it is social media just because it's now a, a bigger environment Initially, I can imagine it would have come from who you hung around with at school. Yeah. And if they have similar similar goals and aspirations, whereas now friendship groups can be thousands of people or yeah. someone you don't really know, and yeah. then you can be influenced by them. And so I guess it just depends on on what, what, what you absorb, which you can't always tell what you're absorbing because some things can be absorbed subconsciously rather than consciously yeah so. I, I suppose as well with that it's coming back to expectation a little bit like what was J what's Jake's expectation of going into that race and like seeing his sister race knowing that um, she she's yeah she's finished where she's finished his expectation of where he wants to be and if you've done team sport previously like team sports generally the win or you lose and so placing is then I don't know, does he have in his head, like you say, is it learn or is it just there that he's, you either come first or in his mind, you either come first or are oh, you somewhere else? Yeah. Or you're top three or you're somewhere else, wherever it might be. Yeah. So his expectation of oh, I'm going to go and run and I should be in the top three because that's ever, what everyone talks about versus if he'd went into that with no expectation at all or no like relative understanding of what that's that just finished. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or even time, like, you know, where as people go on with racing and they might, <clears throat> is someone going to be happier getting a PB and finishing a hundredth or getting a, like not getting a PB and finishing second or third because the competition was different. Mm. So that internal, external um, motivator, I think is quite important as well. And that ties into like a lot of fitness stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking to a, a client, kind of tying into it here um done like a hell of a lot of stuff in terms of basically changing his whole physique the way he looks strength athleticism development and then quite a lot of it was built up and centered around just to give a time frame around a holiday and then before going away on holiday or it might have been first day they're on holiday stand around the pool and someone's in quote unquote better shape and suddenly you feel worse about yourself yeah. um, 
is quite an interesting one because all the way up until that and not seeing that person, you're super happy and super pumped with what you've done. And then you look at it externally and see someone else in whatever perceived better shape or fitter or stronger or whatever it might be. And suddenly you're unhappy with your lot. You're back to where you were. Yeah. 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 So I think it's really important that like a lot of the motivator is internal intrinsic motivation to improving your life and not necessarily determined on someone else outside of that. Or especially uh, social influence. Um, I think if you hang out with a certain group of people, you'll naturally over time pick up more intrinsic. They'll sort of be absorbed into you. and whatever that is, because I remember, I can't remember who said it, but even a millionaire can feel poor if they hang out with billionaires. Yeah. Mm. And so it's all sort of the perception of of, of your closest circle. Um, and that's why I think community-based fitness has become so popular over the last few years of sort of boutique studios, little studios, um, group classes. And so depending on the culture of that studio will sort of have a big influence on what an individual picks as their their new goals. They might change their mind, um, especially with CrossFit. It can be quite elitist, mm. but that's just because they have the CrossFit Games who are yeah. the world's fittest people and therefore that's a natural consequence. So I wouldn't blame CrossFit for having their elitist culture. It's just if someone doesn't want that, it's it's understanding that before you go in. It's sort of like going to a job and saying, well, this job should change because it doesn't fit my needs rather than going in and understanding the current culture and saying, would yeah. I fit in that exactly. mm. culture? Yeah. Mm. Um, and then that'll have a big influence on what your goals are. Yeah. So I think that's also why it works well here and how clients have their success stories in and amongst all those three groups of health goals, happiness goals and high performance goals. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so I think that was it works one, well. one of the first things we ever wanted to establish, wasn't it, here, is get a community and kind of build from there really. Yeah, for so. sure. I think the I mean little plug for them, but like Run Verity, a group that we train here and do a lot of S and C stuff with yeah, here. Right from right from the get-go when they first came in they've got a really really good um atmosphere ethic about them me and david said it a lot early on in the snc stuff there they pick each other up a lot they massively celebrate each other's success um and it's a hugely hugely positive environment um and that was right from the first time that we saw a group of them together really um, I think that's kind of really important to have peers around you that are supporting you and pushing you in the right direction, definitely. Um, Especially for newbies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the time, like when we have new clients in and you see people talk about um, goals and success and quite often you'll get that almost apologising for it before they do it or say it is, oh, I know it's not much compared to who you see or what you do or anything like that. There's almost like a first out apology of like, 
I know it's not much for you, but it's big for me, or I know oh, this is really easy, but it's the first time I've been able to do it. And like we said earlier, it's all super relative. You know, we don't go around apologizing to our clients who are successful in their work life or family life or whatever it might be. Everyone's putting different eggs in different baskets and managing things. Um, so it's all kind of really relative to your own improvement, your own self-improvement. Um, and I think that's coming down to defining fitness success a little bit. I remember a client story of a, someone that came to us early on and they'd been for a consultation with another studio and um, into the conversation hadn't even really talked about their goals and the personal trainer was already starting to talk to them about dieting and calories and things like that and that was the personal trainer imposing their own expectation and their own goal and reality on mm. that individual not listening to what they wanted or what they were defining their own fitness success as it's they had a template in their head of this is what success looks like to me and so this is what success will look like to you um, so I think it's important to kind of steer away from that and let people choose their own path with it and it doesn't matter if like David says you end up reassessing that six months a year two years down the line and redefining that it's all part of the process and the journey and it means a mm. hell of a lot more when it's coming internally rather than it externally um, pushed on you because it also doesn't mean it's going to be easy so for example uh, when I was playing rugby I needed to be a lot fitter stronger bigger whereas now I'm not playing I don't have that same purpose for my training but you're still like small. and so <laughs> and so being smaller quote-unquote less muscular less strong uh, because you'll always know where you were it yeah. can always be a constant not so much battle and struggle but, but a reminder it's yeah. yeah I always know where I was so it's up to me consciously to to talk to myself and those voices saying well remember what you used to do yeah yes but that's when i didn't have as much going on in my life <laughs> yeah. this is just me having a chit chat with myself yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's sorry, like, guys just I ignoring me too. <laughs> i think that's quite hard when you like move away from something like that and defining yourself as a rugby player even though it's not full-time job or professional whatever it might be mm. and then moving on to something else and shifting a, a bit of identity almost yeah. attached to it and I think that's quite difficult for to change that in a, in a lot of ways probably something we can talk about down the line I think um, as a slight tangent but yeah defining a little bit of who you are and people always know you as oh, they go to the gym or oh, they're the rugby player or whatever it might be. Um, that can be quite difficult, finding something to put your energy and put your fitness focus into. Um, yeah. So how are we defining fitness success? <clears throat> I still like my three uh, <laughs> 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 that's Health, up. happiness or high performance. Cool. So it just sort of falls into three buckets and... If you want to improve the quality of, of your life through fitness, then it's sort of a health goal and therefore the process should be aligned with that rather than using extreme methods to achieve health. You don't mm -hmm. need extreme methods to achieve health. You normally need extreme methods to achieve extreme high performance. Hence, athletes and people on social media will use those things, but that doesn't mean 
general population should. So yeah. it's understanding what the end goal is and the process should align with that goal. And health and quality of life things in fitness don't require a lot. It's just consistency and some effort. And then moving on to happiness, it's it's sort of building on top of health. You shouldn't... Well, I don't believe that you should sacrifice your health in order to achieve a fitness goal just because you're going to be in this body forever. Mm. And so unless you sort of really truly think something is worth an injury or, or some setback, then fine. As long as you have informed consent, go for it. But I think if you want to do a marathon, you should try to do a marathon well. And again, there's got to be some level of objective training whereas then if it's taking it to the next level and some some extremes like Simon Dan doing all the kilometers under the sun there's mm. there's got to be a level of objective high performance mm. fitness training where you can't say oh I'm not going to do it the training today because I don't feel like it and I'm going to look after my health there is a balance of needing to get to a certain objective level of performance and routine mm. to get there and so it's everywhere in between that spectrum of health through to happiness through to high performance and wherever you fall on that we sort of help with the process of achieving it rather than you can't really sort of used well-balanced healthy low-level methods to achieve high performance yeah. just like it's probably not a good idea to use high performance methods to achieve health and and so again it's understanding the individual and where they currently are where they would like to be and then building bridges building skills to help get them to that goal yeah yeah like it like it i think if you then nail that <coughs> down you can really map out what it's going to look like for them and then like you say these are potential sacrifices to get to that specific goal or this is what it might take time restraints all that kind of stuff you can give them a fairly realistic understanding and expectation of what they have to put in and then they can make as you say a reasonably informed decision of oh, actually no that doesn't sound quite worth it turns out i didn't want that quite as much or i want to focus on this or yeah, I'm happy to give up this, but I can't give up that, that kind of Six thing. Six pack of dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> Take the cheese Take off. Yeah, cheese. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have both. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Um, Jeff, what are we moving on to? <sighs> Favourite time. Uh, Take the mick out of me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on Saturday, just give a bit of context what uh, Richard is talking about. I got absolutely rinsed by one of our members <laughs> about nicknames. Um, yes, we have a great environment here at Peep yeah. Studio. Yeah, it's, it's all aimed at taking all the positive. piss out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's toilet. Yeah, so uh, what we're talking, village, village gym. We got a met, we, what, Gemma, I remember um, she used to train there. That's where we met. And then she thought my name was Jeff rather than Josh. And hence the name was, was born Jeff <laughs> which then bled into I don't know just we're just just talking about nicknames I think we weren't at the beginning yeah. weren't you one of our members came in and basically said to Josh that 
like it's a stupid name and why does he call himself Jeff? He's like, <laughs> I don't call myself Jeff. <laughs> it's a nickname that's stuck and has lingered around. Um, so we're then going through everyone's uh, like nicknames that they'd got from school and stuff. I think one of them, which I really liked, was there was a surname Plowman's, and she's just called Pub Lunch, <laughs> <laughs> which is really good. There's a YouTube video with the. Have you seen it with the New Zealand radio show? And then people are ringing in and telling oh, nicknames, nice. which is absolutely brilliant. There's what was the one guy with one hand smaller than the other, and he's called the Clock. Um, there's, there's loads on there uh, one guy walked with a bit of a limp so his head moved to side to side and they call him the sniper's nightmare like some of them on there are just absolutely genius but it's amazing with the nicknames how they stick around um, and there's a few people that I've known through like sport or through work and you only find out that it's not their real name about a year down the line mm. a guy I used to play cricket with called Colonel no idea I just assumed he was in the military turns out his nickname was Dion went through Dion to Dijon to Mustard to Colonel Mustard and then he was Colonel <laughs> and that's all I knew um, I didn't know his name yeah I didn't know his name for about two years of just how it, it stuck around but yeah that's why uh, Josh calls himself Jeff <laughs> I mean it's very similar at university I think I knew people by nicknames rather than their actual first yeah. names. When someone would mention their first name, you're like, you have no clue. This is second yeah. year, you've known them for a whole year, talking to them consistently. Who? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got it. There was one guy on the hockey team at uni, he just got his chin smashed in in the first year by a hockey ball. So his name was Chinny after that. <laughs> one incident and then it sticks with you for yeah. life <laughs> there you go so yeah we've got quite there's, a, there's quite a few nicknames floating around in the in the studio I think um, I used to do it a little bit when I was at work especially when we were working in hotels and stuff and you kind of see people in passing so I'd give them my own nickname because I found that easier than learning their actual name and then just like noodles yeah there's no a, there's a kind of this. correlation of like <laughs> Then people are like, oh, he's given me a nickname, so he must know me well. But in my head, I'm like, I've completely forgotten their actual <laughs> name, and it's much easier if I just remember them as this name. So if you learn someone's name wrong, it's really hard to get that out of your head and not call them by that name. Or if a pronunciation of a word and you learn it wrong, it's really hard not to get it out of your yeah. head every time you say it. Some people have said, who's Jeff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josh. Oh. Uh, why, yeah. why is he calling himself Jack? <laughs> yeah. Don't know. He wears a name badge. Just insists on it. But you're hanging on to. Is it Jack? I know it's Gary's that is going to be none off by 2050, isn't it? No, it was. Wasn't it Nig Nigel? I think so. But I think Gary's is up there as well. Oh, Gary's up there too. Because yeah. they were on the radio, yeah, they were seeing Gary. Gary Lulia, weren't they? Mm. <laughs> whatever a Gary rung in yeah and there's like a Nigel party or something yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to Greg James on Radio 1 and he was like oh yeah there's a there's a Nigel party every September or whatever they have a massive party to celebrate their name mm. and it's going extinct we were talking about names there how, coming from American well I mean classic round this table we've got a Josh a Rich and a David <laughs> like I think there's, there was a stock there was a stock pool of names back when we were growing up whereas now it seems to have expanded out quite a lot 
Um, so I think there are a few that are dying out, but yeah, there we go. Jeff's staying strong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, any other business, guys? First one just from me on the sound. Hopefully it's been a bit better with this all together. And unfortunately, we've got the pug in the background as well. Sponsored by Tilly. That's the gentle snoring that you can hear. None of us have fallen asleep and hopefully it doesn't affect the mood of the audience, people listening to this. Um, Equally, it's quite good, I think, putting a podcast on at night and you just put it on a 15 minute timer. We could actually do that and just sell tracks of Tilly snoring and if it gets helps uh, get people to sleep, then great. Um, but yeah, apologies for Stephen that. Stephen Fry snoring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with that nose, that'd be all it. I bet he does snore. Next week we get sued. <laughs> Wonder if his friends call him nosy. <laughs> Excellent, guys. Any other business? Red spider. Red spider. Yes. Was it, was it in two weeks' time? 23rd. Yeah, two weeks yesterday. Yep, 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 yep. On the Sunday, uh, going for some rock climbing social. Um, oh, pampers. For a bit of food after. Yeah, we've put on there. We found out that roughly 70% of our clients are scared of heights, but you don't actually have to go more than a foot above the ground if you don't want to you can work sideways like a crab rather than up and down (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's massive big crash mats below so yeah anyone that is a little bit hesitant you'll be absolutely fine Um, there's lots of options there lots of different things to do it's good fun good workout just be wary of this person called Saoirse she might uh Rip you, you off the wall. <laughs> I'm hijacking her birthday as it's time to well, so she's going to be doubly nice. excited. So nice. Be like gladiators. Again. Yeah. Be like gladiators going down the the uh, thing with all the pads on it. Pugil stick. Oh yeah, yeah. Before the uh, before the big battle. That's coming back in there, gladiators. Mm, it is. It is. Maybe we'll get a team together and go on gladiators. Or just send Saucer and we'll go watch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all get foam fingers. <laughs> in reality. No, That's my wife. <laughs> Put some cheese on the pizza. Excellent, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Any topics or questions that you want us to cover? Myth just drop. Yeah, myth busting. Like we've got quite a few on there. We want a bit of a tangent, so we've got a few to go. Jeff's myth, myth busting corner. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's called that. It's gonna be called that. Oh, like we'll get that jingle. My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get that on uh, next week. But yeah, any questions, any topics you want us to cover, and we can go through those. Just get them to us via our social media or in studio. Nice. Take it easy. That's bye from us.